Acts chapter 9, beginning with verse number 1. Acts chapter 9, thank you, sounds good. Acts chapter number 9, beginning with verse number 1. If you're there, say, I'm there. Verse number 1, Acts 9. Verse number 1, then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from them to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly a light shone round about him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground, somebody say fell to the ground, and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the bricks. So he, trembling, was afraid and said, Lord, what do you want from me? And the Lord said to him, Arise, my son, go into the city. You will be told what you must do. But then the men who were with him and journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, neither did he eat or drink. Now there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And to the Lord, and the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here am I, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go down to the street called Straight, and inquire of the house of Judah, Judas, for the one who is called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. Somebody say he is praying. And in a vision, he will see a man named Ananias coming to him and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered and said, Lord, I've heard many things about this man and how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem and how he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. And the Lord said to him, Go, for he's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, the kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And Ananias went his way, entered the house, laying his hands upon him, and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you have come, has sent me that you might receive your sight and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once and arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Now I want you to look at verse 26. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, now look at verse 26, because this will tie it together, and I'm about to end it. Verse 26, and Saul had tried to come to Jerusalem. He tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. Say that with me. They were afraid of him and did not believe he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to him how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Verse 28, and so he was with them in Jerusalem coming in and out. I know I read a lot, but I wanted you to get the story this morning. This morning I want to preach on the thought, I've been changed. I've been changed. Let us pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that you are good and gracious. 
We pray that you would open up your ears and your hearts to us, Lord, that you would open our hearts and ears to you, that we would hear your word. We pray that every distraction would be bound, that we would hear it in clarity, that it would go forth in power and boldness, and that you would be glorified. And everyone said amen. Let me give you a great theological truth this morning. God can use anyone. And God can change anyone. Now that's, a, that's real deep there. <laughs> but it's so true. Let me say it again so you can get it. God can use anyone. And God can change anyone. Somebody wave your hand and say, that's right, preacher. God can use anyone, and God can change anyone. Do you know that the book of Acts demonstrates that God can change anyone? The book of Acts illustrates that God could use anyone. Now, I just read to you Acts chapter 9 about how God changed a man by the name of Saul. His name was later changed to Paul. But before we focus on that story, I want to remind you of what's happening around the story. Do you know, you don't have to turn there, but if you take your Bibles and you look at Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 8 demonstrates to us that God changed a city by the name of Samaria. Philip went down and preached, and the whole city got saved. Also, in Acts chapter 8, there was a eunuch an Ethiopian eunuch. He was sitting in a chariot, Philip as well, preached to him, and the Ethiopian eunuch got saved. So somebody shout this with me. The city got saved, and the eunuch got saved. Then chapter 9 of Saul, Saul gets saved. He not only gets saved, but he's water baptized and converted. Then you see in chapter 10 of Acts, a man by the name of Cornelius was praying, and the Lord converted him. Also in Acts chapter 10, a man by the name of Peter was praying. Peter had this vision, and the Lord said to Peter, Peter, I'm accepting the Gentiles now. You don't have to be a Jew for me to accept people. I'm accepting all people. And Peter said, yes, Lord. And then in chapter 10, the Gentiles received the Holy Ghost. So let me just stop and say this. Chapter 8, the city gets saved. Ethiopian eunuch gets saved. Saul gets saved. Cornelius gets saved. Peter is converted. His mind's changed about the Gentiles. And then number 6, the Gentile people who are non-Jews gets the Holy Ghost. So what's the point? I believe the writer of Acts is trying to tell you and tell I this morning that God can change anyone and God could use anyone. Now that's shouting territory right there. Can I say it again? God could use anyone and God could change anyone. As a matter of fact, he changed the city of Samaria. A eunuch is converted. Peter, a devout Jew, changes his mind. Cornelius, a centurion, gets converted because Acts is trying to tell us a story that no matter what background you're from, no matter what title you have, no matter how bad the mess you come from, God 
can still change your life. He can still change your life. And one of the greatest examples of change is found in Acts chapter 9. The story I just read to you about the conversion of Saul. Now, we're, 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 we're scholars this morning, and we know that later his name was changed to who? Paul. Now, let me tell you something. He wasn't always Paul. Was he? Saul wasn't always Paul. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul spread the gospel to the world. Paul raised up people and sent him throughout the world. Paul was a very brilliant man. Paul defended the gospel. Paul preached Jesus. That's the Paul you know. But let me remind you that before his name was changed to Paul, he was, and Saul had a bad past. As a matter of fact, Saul was a bad man. Saul had some stuff under the carpet that if you was electing a pastor, you sure wouldn't elect Saul to be your pastor. As a matter of fact, I don't even think you would have Saul to be your best friend. But this story reminds us that no matter how bad your past is, no matter what side of the tracks you come from, God's grace has the ability to change you from a Saul to a Paul. <laughs> Woo! Somebody raise your hands. God has the ability to transform you from a Saul to a Paul. I, I don't know. Is there anybody in here? I know your Bible's big. You've been sanctified. You all know how to shout. But we all know some of us have done things in our Saul life you don't want nobody to know. Because you all know if they knew what you truly did, they wouldn't be sitting beside you this morning. Because all of us have a Saul. All of us have a past. We don't want to talk about. You know, the Bible says that God convicts Saul. Not only does he convict him, he falls on the ground and says, Lord. But God converts Saul. How do I know Saul's converted? Because Saul said, or excuse me, Ananias went into the house and said, Brother Saul. So Saul was converted. And not only was Saul converted, Saul was commissioned to go preach the gospel. Let me remind you this morning, that's how God works. God will convict you of your sin, and not only will He convict you, He will convert you, He will change you from a Saul to a Paul, and then He will commission you to go. Let me just remind you, God don't save you so you can sit on a church pew. God, when He converts you, He empowers you to go. Uh, can I hear somebody just shout amen in this building? When God saves you, you are saved to serve. Now, if heaven was all there was to be, then the moment you got saved, God would kill you. So you can go to heaven. 
have you noticed the moment you got saved? You're still here. Why are you still here? Because after he converts you and convicts you, God says, I got a work for you to do before I come back. I've not called you to sit, sour, and soak. I've called you to get up and go. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? Let me, isn't it amazing that nowhere in the scriptures does God command the sinners to come, but commands the Christian to go. Sinners don't go to church. That's why the commission is to go. So he convicts him and converts him and he commissions him. Do you realize how bad Saul was? Saul was? I mean, look at it. Acts 9 verse 1. Look at the first phrase. Saul was a bad man before he got saved, before he was converted. Acts chapter 9 verse number 1. I want you to notice the sentence there that talks about Saul. The Bible says, then Saul still breathing threats and murder against the Lord with the high priest. He was so bad, the Bible says in verse number 2, Acts 9, 2, and he asked letters from the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, this man is so bad, he's like, I'm not only going to murder men, but I'm going to murder women and children. That's how bad this man is. This man hates the church. This man hates the gospel. This man has it in for the Jesus thing. This man don't like the Jesus movement. This man don't like the church. This man hates Christians. As a matter of fact, he's going to kill men, women, and children. And he's got authority from all those religious folks. Do you know in Acts chapter 7, before this chapter, the Bible says that Saul was standing right there and they were stoning Stephen. Who was Stephen? The first martyr of the church. And guess who was watching it? Saul. Saul watched Stephen be murdered and Saul took delight in it. Because Saul hated the Christians. He had it in for him. He was going to do whatever it was necessary to murder the children, the women, and the men. You know what Saul thought? Christianity is a cancer, and I gotta cut it out. Christianity is a disease, and I gotta cut it out. As a matter of fact, listen to this preacher. Saul thought he was doing God a favor. Saul was a Jew, he worshiped God. And Saul was thinking, there's no way that this man Jesus could be the Son of God. So Saul thought he was doing God a favor by killing people. Let me just say this. That kind of sounds like today. So-called radical Islam killing people in the name of God, thinking they're doing God a favor. Saul thought God was on his side. Going to kill all these folks. Got to get rid of this Jesus thing. And the Bible says, Acts chapter number 7, verse 58. Look at the phrase. He is at, he's watching Stephen being stoned. Acts chapter 7 and verse number 58. 
I want you to look at it. The Bible says that he's at the stoning of Stephen. Acts chapter 7 and verse number 58. The Bible says in verse number 58, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. Speaking of Stephen. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of the young man named Saul. Verse 59, and they stoned Stephen. Verse 59, and they stoned Stephen. What did they do, church? And he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Can you just see what's happening? Stephen is bleeding to death, and they're stoning him, and Saul, prideful and mighty, stands right there with all of his authority and looking down at that lowlife. Good for you, Stephen. Christianity is nothing but a cancer. Christianity needs to be ripped out of our society. Stone him again. Make him bleed some more. Stephen was saying, Lord Jesus, have mercy. Everybody else was celebrating. Took the clothes off and laid it at Saul's feet saying, Saul, go kill him. He just reminds you that we're dealing with a man who's bad. We're dealing with a man who had a past. We're dealing with a man who did not like Christians. We're dealing with a man who hated the church. But I want to remind you something. That God can change I want to remind you something, that God can change anyone. And we'll say it again. God can change anyone. Let it resonate in your spirit today that when you go home and you think about how bad your past is, I want my words to resonate in your spirit that God can use anyone. God can change anyone. I said, God can change anyone. God can use anyone. You say, preacher, you don't know what I did. I'm sure you're not as worse as Paul. If God could use Saul and change his name to Paul and commission him to preach the gospel and he writes half of the New Testament, what can God do for someone this morning who is in the house of God, who worships God, who has a desire for Him? I hear the word of the Lord saying to me to, this morning to tell you that God wants to use you. God can change anyone. God can use anyone. Noah was a drunk man. God still used him. Rahab was a prostitute. God still used her. Lazarus was too dead. God used him. Samson had long hair. You know, he wouldn't be invited in our church. And God used him. Come on, somebody. What are you saying, preacher? If you think your life is a mess, you are qualified to be used. Hallelujah. If, if, if you think that there's no hope for you, guess what? You fit the category. Look, look at it. In six verses, God changed the man. In six verses in chapter 9, 
God changes Saul from a murderer to a preacher. You see, the one who was a persecutor is now a preacher. The one who was an enemy is now an evangelist. The one who was an apostate is now an apostle. The one who is killing people is now calling upon the name of the Lord. God can use anybody. I don't know about you, I feel the anointing this morning. I said God can use anybody. God can change anybody. Sometimes we disqualify people because we know what they used to do. I know what they did, Pastor, in the back seat of that 1957. Matter of fact, I know who they did it with. I know what they used to say and how they used to talk. I know how many people they've been with. How many marriages they've had. Surely God can't use them. But let me remind you, I'm just a preacher. I just come to let y'all know that what I just read, it proves to me that God can change. God can change anyone. Now, now hold on, hold on. We're all shouting. I'm glad you shout because I like to shout. But I found out something when I read this story that God was changing Saul to Paul. Now listen to this. But he was surrounded with people who didn't believe he was changed. Oh, that's a tragedy. When you testify that God has changed you and God's converted you and you're not the same person anymore, it's discouraging when people around you don't believe you because you were so deep in sin they couldn't even imagine God using you. That's the dilemma of the story, isn't it? The dilemma of the story is that people didn't believe Saul. Saul gets saved on the road to Damascus and when Saul gets saved, the church scratched their head and said, uh, I don't know. If we should let him in our public church service, I better get my kids out of the nursery. I better get them and put them, because I don't know what this, this dude has been killing Christians for years. It's a tragedy that you've got a testimony. People won't celebrate it because they have a hard time believing God changed. But I'm just a preacher this morning. And I've been called to tell you, God can change. And God can use anyone. Now, 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 now. Did you, y'all can't just read the Bible. Saul gets saved, right? Everybody say he's saved. He's changed. He's not a murderer no more. Now, after he gets saved, now did you get the story? After he gets saved, there's a Christian named Ananias. Somebody say Ananias. And guess what God said to Ananias? Ananias, there's a man over there named Saul. I want you to go to his house. He lives on the street called Straight. Go to his house. 
Put his hand, put your hands on him, that he might see and receive the Holy Spirit. And Ananias said, Look at it. Acts chapter 9, verse 13. Look at it. This is Ananias' response. Acts 9, verse 13. Ananias says this boldly to the Lord because he's having a hard time. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard many things about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and how he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on the name of the Lord. In verse 15, the Lord says, go. He's my chosen vessel. You know what God was telling Ananias? Ananias, God, I can change anyone. <laughs> I can use anyone. Ananias said, Lord, Lord, do you know what the man did? God said, Ananias, get up. Go to the man. He's not the same man he used to be. He's no longer Saul. I, I've named him Paul and he's chosen. He's going to preach the gospel. He is going to raise up a generation. I, I want you to know this morning that God can use anybody. I want you to know that God can change anybody. Now, Ananias had a hard time believing him. Now, Saul gets saved. Ananias says, okay, Lord, I'll go to his house. Ananias goes to his house. lays, And when Ananias walks in the house, right? Acts 9.17. Acts 9.17, look at it. This is what happens. Ananias goes to Saul. And Ananias went his way, entered the house, laying his hands on him and said, Brother Saul. You know what that tells me? Ananias called him brother. Ananias said, you're no longer outside of the family. Now, since the Lord saved you. Woo! Can I just shout a little bit here? What are you saying, preacher? God can change anyone. God can use anyone. And Ananias, when he went into the house, Ananias' spirit bore witness with his spirit that he really was converted. And Ananias said, Brother Saul, the Lord has sent me to pray for you. God was saying he's no longer outside of the family. He is now inside. He is now a brother. He is now the brother of the Lord. Brother Saul. And, and he lays hands on him. Immediately Saul Something fell from his eyes, and, and he received the Holy Ghost. Now, I know we're Pentecostals, and we don't like to talk about speaking in tongues. But can I just step outside of my box a little bit and say this in this postmodern world? Acts 9, verse 17. Do you see it? Goes in the house, verse 17, says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled. Hold on, hold on. That tells me that when you get saved, you don't have it all. 
Because if Saul had it all, Ananias wouldn't have said receive the Holy Ghost. Saul was already saved on the road. Ananias just walked in the house and said, Brother, I know you're saved, but you need something else called the Holy Ghost. And laid hands on him and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. My brothers and sisters, do you have the Holy Ghost? Do you have the fire of the Holy Ghost? Do you have the adumen of power? Do you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Because when it gets on you, you're not going to sit, but you're going to go and preach the gospel. He has sent me to pray for you. Laid hands on him, and he received the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And then after, after Saul gets up, shakes brother Ananias' hand. Thank you, brother. He's now filled with the Holy Ghost. He's now saved. And the problem is, he goes down to the street where the Christians were. And guess what the Christians said? Acts 9.26. He goes down to their house. Acts 9.26. And look at it. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, this is after he got saved, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe he was a disciple. Can I tell you something? It's a tragedy. When God really saves you and fills you with the Holy Ghost, people don't believe. You know why they didn't believe him? Can I tell you why they didn't believe him? Look at this preacher. They didn't believe him because it's hard to believe in change when it's been your enemy. Well, that was some good preaching right there. Now, hold on. Look at the scripture. Leave it up there. Why didn't they believe Saul? Because he had been killing him before. It's hard to believe in change when it's been your enemy. It's hard to believe your enemy can change. It's hard to believe the person who spoke to you negatively and the person who rolled their eyes at you and the person who talked about you. It's hard to believe they've changed. Because our reply is, we go around when we hear they've changed, we roll our eyes and say, oh yeah, I remember what they did to me. They'll never change. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's what happened. The church said, he has too bad of a past. And I don't believe him. But do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says he tried to join the disciples. Do you know what that means? Saul shows up and says to the twelve disciples. You know what he was saying? I'm now one of you. I'm the thirteenth one. I'm on your level. And can you imagine what the disciples was thinking? Dude, you ain't on our level. We've been preaching since Jesus ascended and you come up in this house trying to tell us you're on our level? Let me remind you, God can change Now, now I want you to see they didn't believe him, right? Is that right? Now look at verse 28. Acts 9:28. You don't have to turn there, just look at it behind me. So they didn't believe him. Now look at verse 28. So he was with them at Jerusalem. 
He was coming and going. Now hold on here. Hold on here. This is a Sunday school lesson. Hold on. Back it up. Rewind this thing. I thought these people didn't like him. I thought these people didn't believe him. And this verse, two verses later, says he was with them. Hold on here. Push pause. Rewind this thing. Back it up. I thought these people didn't like this dude. I thought these people didn't believe in him. And now, two verses after they said they didn't believe in him, they said he was with them. So my question is, what happened that the church finally believed that Saul had been changed? What was the indicator that they all said, oh, I believe, I believe him now. What changed the disciples' mind to say, okay, Paul can come with us. I see a change in him. We're not going to bring up his past anymore. He's one of us. What happened? One moment they didn't believe that he changed, and the next moment he's with them. Guess what? Verse 26, they didn't believe it. Verse 28, they believed it. What was the change? Verse 27. Are you all with me? Can we put verse 27 up there? Now, I'm going, I'm going to land this airplane right here. What? I get so excited. I get so excited about the word. You know, y'all excited about the word? So, so what, what caused everybody to think this man's changed? And brother, just leave that scripture up for one moment. Number one, I want you to see it. Verse 27, before they, they didn't believe in him, and now verse 27, something changes. Verse 27, and Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. Stop right there. My first point is this. How do you know you've been changed? How do you know your neighbor's been changed? How do you know your enemy's been changed? Number one, your association has to change. Now hold on, hold on here. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Boy, it's still early. Y'all with me? Everybody shout out, my association has to change. Now, who is Paul with now? Who's Paul with now? He's with a different group of people, right? But did you notice in Acts chapter 9 and verse 7? Look at this. Acts chapter 9 verse 7, when he was on the road to Damascus, and the men who journeyed with him stood speechless. So guess what? Guess what? Saul was with a group of people when he got converted. But they didn't understand what was going on. But now, Paul is with Barnabas, and he understands what's going on. Y'all didn't get that. Acts chapter 9, verse 7, Paul is with a group of people that didn't understand what was going on. Now he's with Barnabas, and now Barnabas is discerning what God's doing. In order for you to be really changed, the first indicator is your association must change and you must surround yourself with people who can discern what God is doing in your life. Well, that's some good right there. Let me say that again. You can't hang out with people who can't discern what God is doing in your life. If you're hanging out with the hood and you're hanging out with the homies and they're enabling 
your iniquity instead of encouraging righteousness, you will never be the person that God has called you to be. That doesn't mean you cannot visit them. You can contact them without being contaminated by them. My problem is, the problem is, is that when you truly change, you surround yourself with leaders and people who can discern the call of God on your life instead of being with people that stand around speechless and don't know what's going on. Did you see that? So, so he was with who? Barnabas. Verse 27. Barnabas. Put the verse back up there, brother, for me. But Barnabas took him to the disciples. You see that? So number one, Paul was with a group of people when he got converted, and now he's with Barnabas. Because if you've truly been changed, don't come up here and try to tell me the kind of experience you have, and you don't change your associations. Now, number two, guess what Barnabas said? And Barnabas declared to him how he had seen the Lord on the road. So guess what Barnabas was telling the disciples? Listen, guys. Listen. Saul got saved on a road called Damascus. Now what happened to Saul? Saul fell down. Do you, you remember that? Now it didn't say he was on a horse. It just said he fell down. So number two, Barnabas is telling him what happened. Well, what happened to Saul? Saul fell down and got converted. That's what happened. He fell down and got converted. Number two, you are changed when you are humbled by your experience. Now, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Because what happened to Saul? Saul, what happened to him? He what? He what? He what? The experience he had caused him to what? The experience he had caused Saul to what? And Barnabas was telling the group, listen folks, Saul had an experience. He fell down and received the Lord. You know how you know you've been changed? When you have an experience in your life that causes you to be humble. Now hold on. What, what happens to Saul? Saul falls down and Saul becomes what? Blind? Saul falls down and he's weak. He falls down and he can't see what he's doing. He falls down and he begins to crawl because God was saying, Saul, you thought you were high and mighty. You thought you had authority. You thought you were all that, Saul. You thought you were doing me a favor, but I'm going to knock you down to humble you and to prove to you that if you're really going to be changed, i got to put you lower than you think you are. He's humbled. Saul, a mighty man, is now humbled. Because God was saying, Saul, you need something more than yourself. Once in a while, church, we got to do an eye exam and check all the eyes in your life. You live in a self-absorbed world. Get on Facebook and just see how self-absorbed we all are. I, I humble by the experience. 
knocked him down. Barnabas said, listen, he's been knocked down. Now, go back to 27. I'm almost done. Acts 9, 27. So he was humbled by his experience. And then the Bible says, he declared to him how he had seen the Lord on the road. The third thing that Barnabas said, that the Lord spoke to Saul. So how do I know I've been changed? When your associations are changed, when you are humbled by your experience. And number three, the Bible says, the Lord spoke to Saul. Number three, when you're praying. Somebody say, when I'm praying. He was praying. You know you've been changed when you're praying. Now, I'm going to bring this to a close. I, I gave you my one close, but really, I'm on my last page here. I want to say this, that no matter what people think of you, never underestimate the power of prayer. Prayer is not to change you to get your car and your house. Prayer is to change you. And when you start to pray, it changes your mind and changes your attitude and changes your perception. Now listen, listen. Isn't this amazing? This right here is the climax of the whole story. Acts 9 and verse 11. This is what the Lord says to Ananias. Look at it. Acts 9 verse 11. Acts 9 verse 11. And so the Lord said to him, Arise, go down to the street called Straight, inquire the house of Judas, one called Saul of Tarsus, for he is, for he is, for he is, for he is, for he is. Look at verse 12. And in a vision, he's seen a man. So guess what? I'm about to get happy here. Saul, he's blind, but he's praying. Saul can't see but he's praying. Saul is on the ground and wondering what's happened to him. But the Bible says he's praying. Saul is trying to figure out all the questions of life, but he's praying. Saul don't have no sight, but he's praying. What are you saying, preacher? If you can't find your way in life and you feel like you're blind, keep praying. I said keep praying. I said keep praying. I said, keep praying. You say, preacher, my life's falling apart. Pray. I'm sick in my body. Pray. Oh, my church, come on, pray. The secret of the story was that he prayed. He's blind, but he's praying. He can't see, but he's praying. And guess what? Prayer, prayer gave him a vision. Is that right? Look at verse 11, 9, Acts 9, 11. He said to him, Arise, go down to the street called Straight, acquire the house of Judas for one called Saul, for he is praying. Verse number 12, look at it. Verse number 12. The next verse says, And in a vision he seen a man called Ananias standing and putting his hands on him. My God, did y'all get that? Saul was praying, and as he was praying, the Lord gave him a vision of what was going to happen, of the change that was going to happen in his life. So you know what prayer does? Prayer gave him a vision of what he will be when, when everybody else didn't believe it. Woo! Can I say it again? Can I say it again? Prayer 
gave him a vision of what he will be when Ananias lays hands on him when everybody else didn't believe him. When you begin to pray, even though people don't believe you, prayer will give you a vision of what you will be in the future. Woo! You don't need nobody to pat you on the back and tell you how good you are. Because when you pray, it gives you a vision how your life's going to turn out. How do I know you've changed? How did the church know Saul was changed? Well, Barnabas was with him. His associations have changed. He's with different people now. He's humbled. God humbled him. Barnabas testified to him. Saul was praying. Barnabas said to the disciples, listen, the Lord spoke to them, folks. The last one. The Bible says in Acts 9 and 27, how do I know somebody's been changed? Verse 27, Barnabas took him. His associations changed. Somebody say his associations changed. And he declared to him what has happened. What happened? He got humbled. Somebody say he got humbled. And the Lord spoke to him. Somebody say, and he prayed. What's the last part? And how he preached Jesus boldly. Hold, hold on here. Hold on here. What did, what did Saul do? He's preaching what? He's preaching what? He's preaching what? He's preaching what? Oh, y'all, say it with me. He's preaching what? Now, that don't mean nothing to you until you see this. Acts 9, verse 1. Before he got saved. Acts 9, verse 1. Before he got saved, the Bible says he was breathing threats. And now, he's preaching boldly. Because when you really get saved, your talk changes. When you really change, I'm afraid to ask people how they're doing. Because they're like, well, you know, pastor, sister so-and-so, they said this about me, and I'm about sick and tired of it. I ain't going to take it no more. I'm about to go down there and give her a piece of my mind. And they just want, and, and I'm, y'all, it's not none of y'all. Y'all perfect. Come on, somebody. Come on. Every old dog, thing, every old dog thinks her pup's the best. Is that right? I think y'all are perfect. Don't let nobody tell you otherwise. Come on, somebody. Right, give me an air high five. Okay, so he's preaching what? His talk changed. You know somebody's really changed when they clean up their mouth. And did you know that nowhere did Saul go back and say this? Mr. Disciples, I'm so sorry. Saul never did that. You know why? Because Saul said, I'm not going to waste my time trying to prove I've changed. You don't believe me anyway. I'm going to preach. Quit trying to defend that your life's better. Quit trying to tell people that your life's better. Quit trying to picket everything and try to tell everybody to change. You preach Jesus with your life. Hear me? Preach Jesus with your life. 
and he preached Jesus boldly. Are you a witness for Jesus? Does your life represent Jesus? Or is your mouth changed? Is your talk changed? I remember going into a restaurant, seeing a sign saying, please excuse the mess. We're under contract for construction. I thought to myself, there's a lot of signs in the building this morning. And what those signs are saying, please excuse the mess. I'm under construction. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> well, somebody say hallelujah. I'm not perfect. I'm going to mess up. I may say things I shouldn't say and do things I shouldn't do, but excuse the mess. He hasn't given up on me. I am still a work in progress. I'm still a work in progress. When somebody brings up your past and says, how can God use you? You look at him. Said my preacher one day wore a black bow tie and he told me that God can use anybody. Excuse the mess. I'm under construction. I've been changed. This story I read to you is a prime example of how God can take a Saul and change him to Paul. It convinced the whole community because he changed his associations. He was humbled by his experience. He found him praying. He found that his talk was changed. And the community scratched their head and said, must be changed. We believe you, Barnabas. Bring him in here. He's now one of us.